Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards Podcast <laughs> for the week of May 2nd, 2011. This is episode 102, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing agency that puts on the podcast. Today, I'm joined in studio by my co-hosts, Jackie. <laughs> Jackie Ritakawa, account coordinator with very, Interval. Very, very mellow introduction. And Adam. Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Welcome, Jackie and Adam. Cello. <laughs> you, you remind me of the, who, who are the two girls on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live? Oh, yes. The Sweaty Balls the sweaty girls. Ball. <laughs> on PBS. That was a PBS show, wasn't it? I don't remember what their name was. Kristen Wiig and somebody, wasn't it? Yeah. Molly Shannon, right? Well, was it Kristen Wiig way back then? No, it was, was Molly Shannon and somebody else. What was the other girl's name? Woman's name? I don't know. I can, I can picture them, but I don't know her name. Yeah. Amy, was it Amy Proer? Might be. She's pretty funny. Oh, we'll look it up. She's funny. She's a hoot. We'll figure it out. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Nothing in return. I don't even know what we're welcomed back from, but oh, from last week. From last week. <laughs> oh. You've been sitting here the whole time. Jackie never left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. It's typical. We're gonna have a really fun podcast today because we're gonna get we're gonna get into some deep conversations. Even though there's a really surface level talker here, it's gonna get deep. It's gonna get healthcare reform. It's gonna get political. Super. Super. Jackie's whipping out her Us magazine or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is you read. I'll let you two have at it because I know you will. <laughs> but first, some updates. Uh, let's see. First of all, I was going to announce last time some upcoming speaking engagements where I'll be speaking. Uh, so we missed one. So when you're hearing this, maybe I saw you in D.C. last week at the PRSA Health Academy. It was awesome, let me say, first of all. <laughs> what a great time. Now, I have, I'm going as of this recording tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it should be good. Uh, and then on May 12, I'm doing a webinar for Ishmapur, which is Bless you. the Illinois Healthcare Strategy Marketing Public Relations. No, the <laughs> Illinois Healthcare <laughs> Society, right? For marketing and public relations. It sounds That's right. probably what the, the S stands for in that one. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be different in the next one. <laughs> that's a webinar on May 12 uh, on measurement and then we just found out that uh, I will be presenting at Shushmid which Woo-hoo! has two S's Society for Healthcare Strategy market and Market Development right mm-hmm. so that conference uh, the national conference in Phoenix in the fall I actually speak on uh, September 15th which is Thursday with our friend Chris Boyer we're going to be presenting Building Your Brand with Wellness. And, that, and then there'll be another one following that, I believe, another webinar, but we'll announce that later. So you can find out all the information about those dates on my website, on my blog, chrisbevelo.com, where all that's itemized. So if you want to sign up for any of those, you can. Uh, one other thing, one of our clients, a uh, longtime client, Allegiance Health in Michigan, has just launched a new wellness campaign, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Step by step, it's called. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It is cool. Very cool. A little uh, <clears throat> gamification going on. Got some gamification with this stuff. Yep. Um, it's inbound <laughs> marketing. What yeah. We got well, there? there's a lot. There's a lot going on with it. Yeah, there it's is. Pretty, it's, nice, it's, it's they 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 have they have good offerings to package up into a wellness yes system. Mm-hmm. So you can find out more about that on our site. Where we'll have some. Uh, we already have some 
images posted of the campaign and information on it. So come check it out. We're always fans of wellness. Be well. Go wellness. Go wellness. <laughs> Go to well. That'd be a good one. win for the pink and white. I defy anybody listening out there in podcast land to identify the source of that. What was that? Sing it again. Let's win for the pink and white. Some breast cancer thing? Nope. It's a comedian. That's all I'll tell you. And he's talking about sports teams and why you don't see sports teams names like the mice. <laughs> and then he goes, what about the ducks? Go mice. You get the Let's mighty ducks. for the pink and white. <laughs> <laughs> well, what comedian? I'm not going to tell you. I want somebody to find out. Well, you so can fine. Post it in our, we typically put the podcast up on Facebook as well. Yes. So feel free to post your uh, we should post response the question up on there Facebook too. or on Who the website. Who said... Go mice! Let's win for the pink and white. Or the or what if a team was called the Crabs? Kansas City Crabs are all over the Cowboys today, Bob. Hey, that's all I'm gonna tell you. Nice. Okay, enough of that. It's a great. It's one of the best comedians of all time. Like they were probably answer. playing the Shockers earlier. One of my favorite. <laughs> Jeez. And here we go. All right, so I want to talk about this. This controversy that's come up in the last week or two it's not really controversy but it's become one patients versus consumers and at first when i saw things related to this it made me think of uh i don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast so initially i want to talk about should patients be referred to as consumers or customers yes because there are people that get really fussy about that right so let's come back to that because it's almost a it's almost a service level compared to this. What this is talking about is really uh, referring to Paul Ryan, who is the, God, I see the senator. Now I feel terrible. See the senator or the representative? I think he's representative. Representative Paul Ryan from Wisconsin, who has come out with a debt reduction plan. Right. Very bold plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, whatever your politics are, I have to say kudos to him for at least coming out with a plan that is yeah. detailed. And mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty draconian by most measures uh but at least it's a plan to start with and it's forced a conversation so i think mm-hmm, that's great mm-hmm. uh but what in it part of his uh plan is to basically eliminate medicare and what he wants to do instead is give folks who would normally be eligible for medicare vouchers and they would use those vouchers to buy health insurance on the open market Okay. okay. So now the big talk is, well, should you really think of patients as consumers? In other words, can you because the whole idea behind that is Paul Ryan's idea is that healthcare costs will be kept down uh, if you treat patients like consumers, meaning if they are empowered, they will go out there and they will think smart and they will save money because they are in charge of the money as opposed to hiding it behind insurance. Okay. Uh, and we've had talks about this before because mm-hmm. our esteemed former governor, Tim Pawlenty, also came out about health care reform saying that's the secret. That's how you solve our problems is you put the consumer in charge. And I think we were pretty clear that that seems to be a little far-fetched. So we really have two different opinions here. One is from Paul Krugman. You familiar with Paul Krugman, Adam? Uh, the name is familiar. He's, he's very well known. He won the Nobel Prize for Economics uh, yes. yeah, last year. He's a columnist in the New York Times. That's where I heard of him. Most, in fact, his, title, his column is titled The Conscience of a Liberal. So mm-hmm. let's give away his 
<laughs> but he's he's very well respected. He's he's liberal from an economic standpoint, uh, and so he kind of went off on this. So here's what he said in his article from April 20th. I keep encountering discussions of health economics in which patients are referred to as consumers, after which the usual mantra of freedom of choice is invoked on behalf of voucherizing Medicare or whatever. So, again, most of this is around insurance, though Mm -hmm. we've talked about it in the past as far as just buying your care um, with, like, high-deductible plans. We used to know better than this. Medical care is an area in which crucial decisions, life and death decisions, must be made. Yet making those decisions intelligently requires a vast amount of specialized knowledge. Often those decisions must also be made under conditions in which the patient is incapacitated under severe stress or needs action immediately with no time for discussion, let alone comparison Mm -hmm. shopping. Right. Uh, And then he goes on to say, the idea that all this can be reduced to money, the doctors are just people selling services to consumers of healthcare, is well sickening. And the prevalence of this kind of language is a sign that something has gone very wrong, not just with this discussion, but with our society's values. So about as far on one end of the spectrum as you can get. Paul Ryan is probably on the other end, or Tim Pawlenty, which is, hey, just give people some money, let them shop, and all will be well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to think both of those are a little <clears throat> extreme. Right. This is, this is the one that drove me to put this on the podcast, though. The Wall Street Journal, uh, kind of reflecting on Paul Krugman's column, are patients the same as consumers? Talking about Paul Ryan's budget plans. Uh, the thought is that those of us with insurance are disconnected from the price of our care since we usually don't pick up the bill and that having more skin in the game would make us more fiscally careful about the goods and services we use. As one commenter, SLC, the esteemed SLC, (laughs) (laughs) wrote in response to the post on high-deductible plans, quote, let consumers take charge and be responsible and stop assuming they are incapable of rational decisions, unquote. And then it references Paul Krugman and basically doesn't come to a conclusion. It just says, what do you think? Uh, if there are no incentives, how do we provide better value for our money? Uh, and that, I think, is the fair question. Yeah. yeah. So what do, you, what do you guys think of this? I mean, have you guys changed your opinions at all about whether – where do you see the role of con- consumer-driven incentives? How big of an impact do you think that could have well, or should have? I think there's a few – there's a few levels to it. I think as marketers, we shouldn't be afraid to look at consumers, at, pa- as, at patients as consumers. Because from a marketing standpoint, from right. a pure marketing standpoint, they are the cust- they're the customers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you lose sight of that, that is going to be detrimental to your organization. Um, I think if you also lose sight of the human side of them being patients... That's also going to be detrimental. So there's, there's a balancing act. I mean, I think yep. I use the term interchangeably a lot, although there are certainly times in which I would use one term over the, over the other. Um, but I think as a marketer, you have to make the call on which, you know, when, when right. is appropriate. Um, as far as putting, as far as expecting us as American citizens to have more of a, <clears throat> Let's put it this way. I think it's it should become our responsibility to know more about the healthcare system um, as a whole. I think we should we need to be we as we've talked about time and time again. It's it's a freaking ridiculously complex system that's almost impossible to get your arms around and really understand mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I don't. 
I think that's a critical part of moving forward and getting getting costs under control and is is us figuring out how to understand it better or the system being more being God, I don't know. I don't know how the system becomes easier to understand. It just seems like it's going to become <laughs> more complicated, <laughs> more user friendly. Yeah, I mean, how that's that's the perfect word for it. How does the system become more user friendly? It has, it kind of it needs to on some level because I think people need to be empowered to have more of a say and be more and not hide behind the walls of insurance all the time like we do right now. I think that's a very valid point. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I won't disagree with either one of those guys or agree mm-hmm. with them wholly. They're both there's merit as you said to both arguments, but if one thing is for sure is that we do need to take more. We need to take the reins and be more in control. It's one of the reasons that we push for wellness um with a lot of the organizations we work for to focus on that. Um not only is it a relevant message, um, but it's something people need to start getting their hands around more. I mean, if you can use the system less, that's only going to be to your benefit. To everybody's benefit. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my random thoughts on the, on the topic. Random As thoughts. disjointed as they may be. <laughs> what do you think, Jackie? I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle of all that. That's where you should be, I think. Yeah, I think that's the only sane yeah. place to be. They're Otherwise, just you're... both very extreme. Yeah. And it's kind of a, it's just kind of a double-edged sword. Well, I, I agree. I think it is a double-edged sword, and, and I like Paul Krugman, but I think he's 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 right in the beginning, and then he goes off the deep end. So mm-hmm. we've made the same point that he makes in his in his um, blog here that medical care is very complicated, and right. I personally believe that people will never be informed or educated enough to make those decisions themselves, which is why we've talked about the rise of some kind of broker industry just yep. like there isn't i think the same thing with finances so people will never be as or, a whole yeah, some law. people will but as a whole we are not prepared to invest for ourselves so whenever exactly whenever i hear like you know we've had this argument before but hey give the people let the people spend the money themselves that do a better job no they don't it's been proven mm-hmm. so i think the same thing with healthcare it's too complex there's too many changes there's too many regulations there's you know even physicians don't always know the best way to treat something. How do you expect Joe Blow? So on one hand, I agree uh, with what he's saying. On the other, where he says the idea that all this can be reduced to money, the doctors are just people selling services to consumers of healthcare is sickening. Yeah, if that's all you boil it down to, but I don't think anybody's trying to boil it down that far. And if you ignore the impact of the market, you get to the spot we're at right now. Mm -hmm. We've talked about if there is any kind of market forces driving this competition for example it should increase innovation it should improve efficiencies it should drive improvement it should lower costs right and all of those happen because there's competition and there is a market with choice mm-hmm. so those are good things and i think most americans would agree most people in the country i don't sound political that those are good things and they can be worked into the system to some level on the other hand the comment that I that from SLC just makes me laugh out loud. <laughs> Let consumers take charge, be responsible, and stop assuming they're incapable of rational decisions. We're not assuming we're not incapable. <laughs> it's been proven time and time and time again. People are not rational. They do not make rational decisions, even if they have all the information at their fingertips, which is a huge leap in healthcare because people won't which ever have not, all of that. Anyways, yeah. What right. are the let's let's step back for a second too and look at what's the what assuming vouchers existed, what are the decisions? How could you make a wrong decision? 
Let's put it that way. What would the wrong, what would a wrong decision look like? Well, the, the argument yeah, that question. I hear with the vouchers right now, and they're being discussed as just buying insurance. So this isn't even choosing your doctor, or deciding how much it's going to cost. It's instead of just get, going to the doctor, Medicare covers it. You get however much money and you have to go out and buy insurance. Well, the first argument is good luck doing that now. Right. If, if you have anybody in your family mm-hmm. that's tried to search for or find like Medicare gap insurance, it's bewildering. It's, it's impossible to figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to turn over to your entire senior, basically senior health care to that kind of thing. Uh, people make mistakes all the time. They buy the wrong level. They go cheap. They go, well, this one's cheaper than that one, so I'm going to get it. And then they're not covered. Right. So those are the mistakes people can make. Or they get too much coverage. They get coverage they don't need, and then they're paying too much. So it's really, really difficult for people to sort through all this. Now, theoretically, could you try to make it easier? You could. But again, how do you do that? Government regulation. How else do you force insurance companies to do anything? Right. Right? So that's how you can make a mistake. That's what I've read and heard. Sure. You know? Or you can... Buy the right insurance, but go to the wrong place and not realize that it's not covered. So, anyway, I think that's uh, it's interesting that it's being talked about in terms of just buying insurance, mm-hmm. uh, and and people, you know, also need to think about well, it's not just the insurance; it's out there. I still don't think that that doesn't change the equation, right? Even if you're shopping for your insurance. That doesn't give you incentive to be smart about your healthcare choices, does it? Yeah, no. not as much as paying for it directly with an HR, like a, a high deductible plan. Right, I'd agree with that. And it's hard to even know what. <clears throat> it's hard to know when you're being when you're making smart decisions, or I mean, what might seem like a smart decision, based on all the research you've done, what little you could do, or even if it was a lot, might end up being a bad decision yeah. in the right. end. I mean, who knows? Right. It's, it's just so complex. It doesn't mean it's so complex. We just give up. I think you do. Mm-hmm. I think ideas like high deductible plans are good. They get people to at least stop and think, which is better than blindly getting care because they have no skin in the game. Right. Yeah. It just, you have some skin in the game. It can't be all of your skin. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to be naked <laughs> Woo-hoo! or skinless. You could be oh nice, <laughs> Buffalo Bill, the flayed, the flayed patient, Buffalo Bill, <laughs> <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, Clarice. It puts the lotion on the skin. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> okay, so this this all though. Let's come back to the original question, which is at least healthcare, more healthcare marketing oriented. Are you guys okay with calling? I mean, I say it all the time, and I always get tweaked when people try to correct me. Saying that you build a marketing plan to reach consumers or, or I mean, I actually think about patients, customers as the same thing. Me yeah. too. Interchangeable. They're interchangeable. On the most, in on, the marketing world, yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I think it really depends on the context in which you're talking about the people who do business with you, your patients mm-hmm. or customers. Um, if you're really talking about the you know, soft, touchy-feely side of it, you might, you know, it might be natural to refer to them as patients. If you're talking about ROI, it may be feel more natural to talk to talk about them as customers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if you're talking about them in a communication of some sort, whether it's a press release or a brochure, I don't think you're going to want to refer to them as yeah. customers. Right. 
Um, so you have to, you just have to be appropriate with how you use the terminology, but it's totally interchangeable. And I don't think either one is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, I think there, there, there is just, especially internally, you're right. I mean, when you talk about them in your external communications, your public relations, whatever, that's one thing, but just, I mean, usually this isn't, this is like in a, in a seminar or a client meeting or something. So we're talking just internal now. Uh, I think one of the problems with patients is it, it, is way to the old school. Their patients, they just come. They just show up. They need care. And, and for a lot of people, it just means, why, you know, it, it kind of ties to why, do we, why are we even a business? Why do we even need to market their patients? They need care. They will come. Right. So there's like infer, this inference. Is that a word? It is Inference. Now. I think so. <laughs> Infernal. Inferno. <laughs> Inferno. Like Inferno a, it's not like a fire demon. There's an assumption that hey, they're just going to come anyway. Maybe that's just what I read into it. But uh, I think it's I to your mean. to your point earlier. It's good to, to think about them as customers mm-hmm. because you should be thinking about well, how do we compel them to stay and how do we build loyalty? How do we right? track them? How do we track them? And you know, all that is appropriate for a customer. Yeah, and the businesses that these mm-hmm. the hospitals and health systems are. It's a good point. Yeah. And I'm also fine with consumer, healthcare consumer. I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. People sometimes get weirded out by that. Well, don't call them consumers, call them patients. Well, to me, they're not a patient until they come and use your care, first right. of all. Right. Right. So, you know, you're out there trying to target consumers mm-hmm. of healthcare. So, I wonder what other people think about that. If there's policies in place or if they get real pushback. Yeah, that'd be interesting to hear. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's move. Let's move to mobile. We never talk about mobile. Do you get it? Well, no. This is the whole point. It's part two of last week. Oh, part two. Snide commentary. Do you you know that this weekend, with my kids, we tried to practice the rule that if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. I would never. Okay, I want you both to observe that. (laughs) Would never be able to talk. Notice how I say that after the political rant. So anyway, I, I just thought, because we talked about mobile and you were bringing up some things about uh, how prevalent it was, how infernal it was, <laughs> inference it was. Uh, but I thought it'd be good to kind of look at some statistics, right? So you posted some things and just talk about, uh, well, how prevalent is this really? So Adam, you posted something. Is this from the guy you heard talk, Luke W.? Yeah, yeah. I followed him for a while. If you're not, if you are... <clears throat> into any aspect of the web and are on if you, if you follow anybody online make sure you're following him whether it's on twitter or just his blog straight up um it's a great source for very timely and relevant statistics um whether it's on mobile or it, it, pretty much any aspect of of the web very smart guy okay cool here are some of the statistics i've we found from him and then i've got some others too so he talks about morgan stanley and a lot of this i think is important to know the source because if it's just some dude making it up, then I don't mm-hmm. trust it. I trust Morgan Stanley, even though right. they almost destroyed our. And he always they're cites. part of the cabal that almost destroyed our economy. <laughs> I do trust them. Yeah, and his stuff is always, and he's a good resource because his stuff is always. He's always got references on where his data is coming from, so yeah. you can always go back to the original study. So in two thousand, oh look at this! I didn't realize that two of my sources are Morgan Stanley. Now that creeps me out. All right. Well, the first one, he in December two thousand nine, Morgan Stanley released a mobile internet report that predicted by two. 2012 shipments of smartphones 
would surpass shipments of desktops, notebooks, and laptops. Now, it's very interesting they're using shipments. Yeah. Units. So that wouldn't be sales because odds are, you know, notebooks, desktops are more expensive than smartphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also does not talk about use of the internet. All it's doing is talking about shipments of. Oh, an actual device. Of a device. So it's right. kind of like the, the, lower, the lowest thing you could come up with. It's the first thing you could grab to. It's not the most powerful. The most powerful would be use of the internet. Mm-hmm. The second might be sales, and the third is shipment. But that's okay. Because what happened was it actually happened in 2010. Right. So it it's, happened two years. So soon. that statistic has happened. It's right. already come to fruition. Right. Uh, another one I thought was really interesting was home usage of the PC is down 20% since 2008. Mm-hmm. So that goes to more people using mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 to 25% of U.S. and British mobile internet browsers never or infrequently use the desktop internet. That's a, that's a huge number, basically a quarter. Right? Wow. A quarter of people don't even get online on their through a desktop. main computer. Yeah, because right. they don't have them, most likely. Mm-hmm. That's what I would assume. Okay, so that was his. Here's some more for you. And then I found one just before the podcast. It's QR codes. That's not really mobile, is it? Well, you need, a, you need it. Typically need a mobile device to, to access it. In most you cases, you do that with your desktop. Okay. So now here's, <laughs> here's a story on Mary Meeker, who's known as the queen of the net. Wow. Cool. Wow. She's from Morgan Stanley. She's an analyst, and she's pretty famous. I've heard about her before. Uh, she was the lead underwriter for Netscape Communications IPO. She was dubbed Queen of the Net by Barron's Magazine in 1998. I want to be Queen uh, of the Net. <laughs> queen of the Net. That could mean a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So she's got all kinds of neat statistics. And this is from April 12 of 2010. So it's a year old. Okay. But it still shows a lot. So it talks about when mobile users will surpass desktop users. Have you heard of a date when that's supposed to happen? Mm, nothing that comes to mind. In the year 2000? The year 2000! No, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Conan O'Brien, yeah, never mind. That would be a really, that's a really great crystal ball to be able to look back a time and go, I predict that in 2000... <laughs> Genius! Was, no the Giants will win the, the Super Bowl. I was dropping a Conan O'Brien reference. You guys always drop I got stuff. It. So. I got it. I, I got it right away. Adam's saying it. I don't understand it. You don't watch Conan. You must not ever watch Conan. I don't Conan. watch Conan. Okay. Uh, so she predicts that globally, mobile will surpass desktop internet usage by 2014. Or actually, sometimes in two, sometime in 2013. That's a realistic... Some, ex- yeah. That's, yeah. yeah I would, my I guess is that. that she made this prediction in 2010 that actually it probably will happen sooner. Yeah. It's probably happening faster than people even predict it. So I think that is proof of that. Correct. Mm-hmm. What else have we got here? And I've got this thing, Moby Thinking, which has so many statistics in it that I probably should have highlighted them because we'll never yeah. find them all. <laughs> uh, let's see. What are some fun ones? Uh, la, 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 la. First of all, Moby Thinking must be a blog. Global Mobile Statistics for 2011. Let's see. What can I find? You guys need to talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'll give you a topic. I found them here. What's that? 
<laughs> Half a billion people accessed mobile internet in 2009. Usage is expected to double within five years as mobile overtakes the PC. So 2014, again, they're referencing here. Uh, many mobile web users, oh, this was fascinating. Many mobile web users are mobile only. So in Egypt, what do you think the percentage of people are who are mobile only? Guess. 40, know, 45. This also says U.S. is 25. 45%. 60. Higher. 70. 70. Wow. India is 59%. That's pretty amazing. It's 70%. Amazing. Well, that helps explain the whole yeah, why Arab Spring. <clears throat> well, that and why... I mean, it helps explain why, also why social media can play such a huge role in some of these. Right. Well, that's what I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah, yeah. And why someone what, would what name their kids Facebook? <laughs> well, I said that's, it helps explain the Arab Spring, which is all these. Oh, that's the term. I hadn't even heard that term before. That's it's what's being... referring to all the different uprisings across oh. the. Because there was a, some other spring back in time. <clears throat> can't remember what it was referred to in Europe, I think. Hmm. Can't remember. France and back in the 1800s, maybe. France and. Other countries. Oh, Wikipedia. Rose up. Oh, Wiki for that. democracy. 5.3 billion mobile subscriptions by the end of 2010. Subscription to, oh, just people on? That's insane. That? Can that be true? What? That's equivalent to 77% of the world's population. Well, first of all, I thought the world's population was 6 billion. It's 5.3. Talk, this, is, this is referring to devices, though. I mean, look at my, if you talk, if you look at my house, I have. Right. I have there's one uh, web, um, one statistics from, from Luke, um, who we mentioned earlier, Rob Mowski, forgive me for butchering his last name, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, <laughs> um, <clears throat> is that right now there are, I think, up, upwards of 12 billion connected devices. And that's, that was one question he's, at the conference he was at. He was like, and you may ask, you know, if the, if the population is only 6 billion or a, right. a little above, how could that be? And it's because of all of the of people like you. connected devices. I mean, my, I've got, if I counted up all the internet connected devices in our house, there's more than 20 probably, many of which are online almost all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's sense. just us. That's just my wife and I and our little dude. <laughs> who's not quite who, there yet. Given the, considering how much he loves the iPad and the iPhones, he certainly is already a web user at the age of 15 months. Creepy. <laughs> All right, one more on QR codes. I just found this on Hospital Branding, which is a blog I follow from my good friend Rob Rosenberg from Springboard Creative. This is actually from his business partner who posted it, uh, Donna Arbogast. And it's just, it just says, what's your QRIQ? So it's got some interesting facts and statistics. Many researchers are predicting that 2011 will be a tipping point for smartphones, and 75% of marketers are adding mobile tactics to their marketing mix, says Forrester Research. So Forrester Research is a phenomenal source of marketing information. 75% of marketers are adding mobile tactics. That's across all businesses. What do you think that is for, doesn't say, but I think it is in healthcare, like, well, yeah. hospitals. 30 I'd say twenty half at the most. At the most, probably. You think fifty percent are? I said at at most. Seventy. Oh. Yeah, I would say fifty at most, but I would put it probably about a quarter or third. Yeah. So that's interesting, don't you think? I do. Fascinating stats. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. I got nothing else. Well, That's all right. We're, of, we're at our time, pretty much. Oh, we're at our time. That was a lot. A lot of statistics to absorb. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. provide links to all those 
resources so you can check them out for yourself. But I just thought it would be good to back up the contention that mobile is really it's where it's at. I think we're not most kidding around. That, but well, yeah, and we said it. We'll probably say it every time we talk about this stuff. But you know, moving forward, you you know, a lot of mobile is an afterthought for a lot of people, and it needs to become a forethought. The for, a forethought. You need to th- consider how you're going to get out there um, through that channel first and foremost. You know, it can, it can't be your only motivator but it's got to be one of your key motivators for getting out yeah. there and how you're going to get out there mm-hmm. but what do you think the percentage of hospitals who have a mobile enhanced site are i think i saw the statistic somewhere uh, 30 man not even <laughs> not pretty even low close. i'd say it's 10 maybe yeah, i think i saw something like under five yeah very few and i think the reason is my guess is the reason partly is because just like everything else we're behind the times uh, but the other part of it is I think it's it was so difficult for hospitals just to get up decent websites to start with. Right. It took them forever just to do that. And it, and again, because they're behind the time, because it's like <clears throat> herding cats, that once they get it done, they're like, okay, Whew, we don't have to worry about Back that. And now they're like, bit. what? We don't have to do this. <laughs> and, it, and it causes them more pain because if it's hard to herd cats just to get a hospital website up, now you're trying to like, Right. You know, consolidate what you're hurting the cats into. I don't that my metaphor completely broke down there. <laughs> but, but you know, a mobile website by definition should be a mobile mobile optimized site should really condense and consolidate. Which they can't do as it is. Mm-hmm. We should do an audit of hospital websites and count the average number of links on the homepage. That'd be interesting. What do you think it would be? One million. One, no, the average per page. <laughs> 2,000? <laughs> the average hey, per a- page. Wouldn't you think it's yeah. probably about... If you had to count the literal number of links on any hospital's homepage, I'm going to say it's, the average is going to be about 40. I was going to say three dozen, so pretty close, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably more than that. Fine, maybe not a million. Because if it's average, I mean, there's plenty that have 50 or more. But there's mm-hmm. not a lot that have 15, right? I would well, bet not. Some. Mm-hmm. We should do that. We should, we'll charge that. Somebody go out there and do that. <laughs> I like how that's, your and first thought was, back. we'll do that. Then you're like, somebody, go, wait, no, somebody else, go, somebody out there else go out there and do that. Pick like the top 50... U.S. News and World Report hospitals or the top whatever. I don't that know. Could be, that could, could, be, nothing that to could do. be an interesting little study to do. Maybe we should take that on. Yeah. We'll post it. It should be a couple dozen at most, mm-hmm. depending on what we're talking about. But uh, it's usually an obnoxious yeah, it's obscene. amount. Obscene is the word I would use, yeah. Well, maybe we'll take, maybe we'll take that upon ourselves. That would be an interesting study. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, we out? We're done? We're out. All right. For Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards, this is Chris Bevelo. You can follow me at, 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 at Interval <laughs> at, Chris at. on Twitter. Jackie Rotaco at Interval Jackie. And this is Adam Meyer, and I am at AP Meyer. Was, was at Interval Adam, but... We've told my telephone story. number is. You don't have to keep. <laughs> if, you, if you want the backstory, well, we don't want. You go no, back no. and listen to show number ninety-nine. That's what I say. And don't forget to check out our website and sign up for our newsletter because we have another one coming out in just a couple weeks. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's, we're coming. We're coming. Brace yourself. All right. Thanks for joining us. 